happy to be here. Would you like to introduce yourself and share a little bit about your story and how you became involved in patient advocacy? Sure. So um, I'm a 10-year colorectal cancer survivor. And um, 10 years ago, I was working in cancer research and um, sort of living life to the fullest, having um, working out, just going out, having a, having a great time, started having interesting symptoms that I had no idea at the time were colorectal cancer, but um, I was losing weight, I had fatigue, um, and I thought that was because Zumba, because I was doing Zumba seven, seven or so times a week, like all the time, working out every day. And I was tired, I thought, also was from Zumba, but it really started to, things started to change when um, my bowel habits changed, and also when I would eat, I'd have abdominal pain. And so all of this was sort of unusual for me, and I'm a really, I care about my health, so I talked to my doctor, and she thought maybe I had a blockage of some sort. And um, she did an x-ray, it looked like there was, you know, potentially that blockage, so she gave me something to drink. So maybe it would clear me out, it didn't quite work, so I had a colonoscopy. And I woke up from that colonoscopy, she said, well, you have some mass growing in your, in your um, colon, that is blocking anything from moving down your colon, but we're not quite sure what it is. We'll know in about two days. We don't think it's cancer, but we'll let you know. Um, and two days later, my research lab happened to be across the street. She called me over to her office and, and I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. And that sort of began my journey um, in, in cancer. And then I went through chemotherapy, radiation, chemotherapy again, three, three surgeries, lots of different complications. And throughout that process, the biggest thing for me was to connect with other patients. I wanted to meet somebody else like me that had gone through it, and they really helped me throughout my whole journey, physically and mentally, deal with what I was going through. And I was actually at an event with other advocates and asked if I wanted to serve on an Adolescent Young Adult Advisory Council um, at MD Anderson, so I said, sure, why not? And that sort of started my whole advocacy journey. I, um, they asked for my opinion and my voice, and I realized that I had a place to share what I had gone through, the good, the bad, ugly and they listened they made changes based on what i had to say and so that was 10 years ago and now my patient advocacy is a huge part of my life it's really my my passion because i don't want anyone else to have to go through it i went through and i don't want anyone else to have to feel alone um colorectal is you know tends to be older people and unfortunately it's trending towards the younger population so when i was in the clinic everyone thought my mom was the, the patient and so i didn't really have anyone to talk to until i met someone someone else and, and so really my, my goal in advocacy is to do everything and anything. So if you ask who I volunteer with, it's, it's everybody. Right. Um, I also made it sort of a career. So I moved from cancer research into um, health disparities into um, working now for the American Cancer Society for my full-time job. Great. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Um, a lot of really important work. Thank you. Um, so what do you do with working with the American Cancer Society? Um, I'm the director of something called Project ECHO. And Project ECHO is an online learning collaborative um, via Zoom, where we bring worldwide experts together, and then we bring partners, healthcare partners from all over the U.S. together to sort of learn from each other based on a specific topic related to cancer. So it's access um, via Zoom to information, um, shared decision making, and, and you discuss challenges um, that are going on within your system related to that specific topic. So for example, you can talk about lung biomarkers, and you have experts in lung biomarker testing, and then you have people from all different institutions within the U.S. that want to learn more about how to do lung biomarker testing accurately. So you have experts talking about it and them and the people within the systems um, presenting real life cases about what their challenges are. And everyone as a group from all over the world, as well as our experts, gets to share best practices. And together we can help figure out how everyone can have access to the same resources, but also um, creating a sense of community. So 
an institution in Texas can, can bond over Zoom over the course of you know, six or 12 months with an institution in, in Hawaii or in Africa or all over so that they can hopefully learn something but then create partnerships outside after our echoes are over. Absolutely, it's really important work. Um, so you mentioned you work a lot with healthcare disparities. Yes. What are some of the, the directions you focus on with that? So with disparities, there's two sort of focuses that I do. AYA disparities and colorectal cancer disparities. Because within the AYA population, we're that weird, we're not pediatric, we're not quite adult. So with that, I try to spread awareness about the struggles that adolescent and young adults have. And AYA stands for adolescent and young adults. So there's financial toxicity, there's um, survivorship, there's fertility, there's sexual health, so and mental health. A lot of the different psychosocial and um, and physical aspects of cancer that are specific for that age group. I hope I help to spread awareness about that, and that can be th through social media. That can be through organizations like Stupid Cancer or Teen Cancer America. So I'm on an advisory board with Teen Cancer America, where I help again give my opinion, my viewpoint, and help create campaigns that might be helpful for other AYAs that feel alone, and spreading awareness also to make sure that programs can be developed for these specific topics related to AYAs. Um, and so I do social media, I do Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, but my favorite probably now is TikTok. Oh. So I make videos um, telling my story and giving information about signs and symptoms and access to clinical trials and all sorts of different disparities that exist so people know here's the information. And then I, I point them in the right direction of where to find past me what advocacy organizations and what organizations and institutions they can go to to get more information. So I might do a silly dance or I might do a point, but also ultimately the goal is to give information to the people where they're at and, and people are on social media. Yes. Um, so I do that for AYA and I do it for colorectal. So um, any way I can get, use my story to help people feel like they're not alone, but also understand that there are unique needs and there are places they can go to get help. Definitely, and that's great through these social media, you can reach all, reach all the different demographics and people that, you know, learn through different ways. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so since the theme of ASCO this year is partnering with patients, um, from your perspective as a patient and a patient advocate, um, what would, advice would you have for clinicians regarding how they can best partner with and support their patients? I think um, the buzz, buzzword is shared decision making. That's sort of number one on my thing. Making sure you're asking the patient about their needs. So there might be standard of care, but every patient is unique. So really talking to patients, make sure they understand about the, the research. Make sure you talk to them about their lifestyle beyond cancer, beyond after the treatment is over. Hopefully everyone can be cured, right? But, but really having that shared decision making process. So you get to know the patients, get to know their needs, you tell them their options, you discuss the options with them, and then you make a decision together. So it's educational, but also informative as far as like what the patient really needs outside of just chemo, radiation. Like what will work best for their lifestyle? They might, they might have a very active lifestyle. They might not want radiation. They might want to have children. They might want to not have a certain type of drug that will prevent them from having children. So I really think that um, my whole goal is always has been ever since I was diagnosed to bridge the gap between healthcare providers and patients and survivors. So we work together to, first of all, one-on-one -on -one to make that decision as far as care, but then also let us help you. If you're doing research, let us help you um, lend that patient voice to what you're doing from the very beginning so that you can be the most successful. Because we want all of our healthcare partners and clinicians and oncologists to be as successful as possible. And we want to help share what, what worked for us and what didn't work for us 
so we can help make them better um, healthcare providers. Right, absolutely. Um, so how has your experience here at ASCO been so far? Oh my gosh, it's been overwhelming <laughs> here at ASCO. Um, I absolutely love it. I love the amount of knowledge. I'm like a sponge, absorbing all yep. the knowledge so that I can then take it back to the people that aren't able to be here. Um, and also like talking to other people that care about the patient voice, that's been amazing. So there's a lounge for us, which is really nice. So I was up there earlier just to take a break from all the science and all the information because it can get overwhelming at times. But mm -hmm. this is where I feel like the forefront of all the, the new innovative um, research comes out. The, what's going on in oncology and colorectal and lung and prostate, it's here. So we get to learn about it so then we can see the wave of the future. What's going on in oncology? What will happen tomorrow, five, ten years from now? So. It's overwhelming in the most um, amazing way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it is very exciting. Well, thank you so much for stopping by today. It was so, so interesting to hear about your story and your work, and it was great talking with you. Thank you so much for having me.